Hey everyone, it's William. I spun the time turner a few times to come back just before this episode begins to tell you why it seems to be a week late. Our release schedule going forward will be every other Thursday evening. We didn't make it past four episodes for our previous podcast, and we want to beat that record. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode, and here, let me get the door. Clagsby Hill, we had a very long, made Norwegian-style session. Let's go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, you guys want anything else? Three butt bears and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Eat, oh, great, huh? This snake juice is basically rat poison. Spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. Drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, because I was like, that being sad. I haven't even been, I haven't even, I haven't even been, I haven't even. Ooh, words. Lord have mercy. I haven't even Okay, been that trying. wasn't the audio. I thought. <laughs> that wasn't the audio <laughs> no, going. That, that was, was me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> um, so the bandwidth in my brain was skipping. <laughs> that, <laughs> and with that, how you been? <laughs> oh, I've been pretty good. So for it, so this is what our fourth time in this in this bar no no i'm putting a stop to it now the joke did not land the last time you're not doing it now i'm i'm going to at least reference the joke somehow in in the midst of in as long as this quarantine is happening well even when the quarantine doesn't happen it's digital and it's fake william you don't pull back the curtain this early in the podcast (laughs) So okay, you mean you mean to tell me you think people are going to actually believe that we're inside a pub where Obi Wan Kenobi has decided to go to the bar for a drink and Rachel's taking orders? Imagination. <laughs> okay, you remember on the last podcast with the extra guests and you told the joke and there was silence and you had to explain it. Yes, but that makes it a better joke. Oh, jeez. Okay. There's no such thing as bad. You're a dad. Like, come on. You've got to embrace your dad jokes. How is it that I have embraced my dad jokes more than you have? You're an actual Uh, father. I am an actual father. But my my main audience is only just starting to understand English. (laughs) So I could make a fart noise, and it's hilarious. That's true. That's true. <laughs> At some deep metaphysical level, I don't think we ever get over fart jokes. We ever get too old for fart no. jokes. No. <laughs> some... Okay, I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. She's gonna kill me later. But um we're in the midst of potty training. And oh you've said we'll that a couple back... episodes now. Oh well, I know, but we're in the midst of potty training. But I don't know if I've told you this. Um she's um doing her business. And then she turns around and looks in the, in the toilet bowl and goes, oh, I made sausage. <laughs> oh, and she thought it was the best thing in the world. So again, from, 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 from womb to tomb, toilet humor is always hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if people, people know that my laugh is genuine. 
<laughs> this, this very much is. It is genuine. And oh, it's always been genuine for you because we have pictures of you where the photographer had to make you laugh and you are always like scream laughing. Oh. <laughs> like your face is blood red. You have tears streaming down your face because you're laughing so hard. Oh, I like you know, when I take pictures now, I guess when I hit a teenager, like my eyes just look like I'm dead inside. Uh, your 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 mouth was amused, but your eyes said, Help me. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually like you know, should we put our, our Christmas photos in the show notes for the universe to see? Uh, I don't know. We'll do that. We'll save that for the Christmas episode. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I traditionally do, do not like photo shoots, but we do some good. Yeah, shoots. we do. And I think it started with your senior pictures. The only way I could convince you to actually take pictures was to let you do off the wall crazy ones and i do love though that that's you know and i love how this is an audio medium and we're talking about pictures um, <laughs> right i do i like i have one of our of the senior pictures i do i have one serious one where i'm like hunkered down on the at the creek that i absolutely love i think that's one of the best pictures i've ever taken but other than that the hero i had one where i was like a, the hero's guy because heroes was a thing when i yes you wanted to be flying and have per and should be shooting lightning out of your hands and it was purple lightning because it was the paint shop pro era that's true like purple lightning was was the default lightning when you were editing yes (laughs) well um (laughs) what do you you want to talk about today oh yeah i mean on top <laughs> of everything that's already happened <laughs> do we have a plan um well you know the the last few episodes we very much leaned into our geeky side yes you know we had our star wars episode which i think turned out great even though i was getting a little fired up when i was three on one against the prequels <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> true i know you you have um, you you have said that you wanted to maintain an overall arc of positivity when we talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And I hope that the overall arc was. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. It kind of very, it, it, it kind of very kind of threw me off guard just a little bit, mainly because I knew how much Tyler Elam was a Clone Wars fan. I did not realize he had those views of the prequel of the prequel films. I was just ready to fight. Like I was ready. Like, <laughs> These are my babies. These are my babies. <laughs> I, I expected to be three on one therapy session with Dallas because mm. he had just saw the rise of Skywalker. No, I very much intended to sit back, um, kick my feet up and munch my popcorn and just, just watch <laughs> <laughs> with Harry, with Harry Potter music, just playing in the background. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I personally, I think I personally love of the two that we've done, just the two of us. I love the sequel episode. I think the sequel episode. Yeah, that one was, was really good. Awesome. That was really fun. Um, but I think we should take it a little bit more real world this time. Okay. We are both residents of the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. Heck yes, we are. And we, we both have very strong feelings about Kentucky. And so I say let's talk about 
the state of Kentucky. Uh uh. uh. The Commonwealth Both of Kentucky. The state. It's. Ah uh, yes. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> you correct me on that. that one. <laughs> you correct me on that every time I say it. No, the uh, the state of Kentucky is a is a bit of a double entendre yeah. here. Yes, it is. Oh. A, it is state, but the current state of Kentucky. Things we like, you know, as lifelong residents, you know, we're we're both pretty invested in the health and overall welfare of this state, mm-hmm. of this commonwealth. We're just going to talk about kind of things we like, things things we could improve on, and just, you know, where we hope to see the place go from here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're coming at it from kind of sort of like this public health perspective, which is a big deal right now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I want to have a future career in politics. I want to have a future career working at least tangentially with some politicians mm-hmm. in some capacity, whether it be in kind of the legislative office or what have you. So I am going to be make sure I stay very careful and not say anything that could haunt me later when it comes to current politics. Even Okay, so you've told me that before. I still think, though, that you have such a a love for this state and a a desire mm-hmm. to see it improve that even when you get a, a little hard nosed, maybe, or even whenever you get tough love, that still comes across. I know it doesn't come across for everybody, but at least for me, whenever you you talk about frustrations with the the current state of things or your desire to see things improve you can tell that you have a a big fire in your belly mm-hmm. to see the state improve mm-hmm. uh, and that that i appreciate but i i do understand i mean political climates and the way things that resurface so i understand <laughs> i'm not gonna <clears throat> complain about the this governor or the prior governor or you know the day-to-day politics i honestly hate that stuff at both the national and the state level like, what did Trump tweet about today? And how did Nancy Pelosi respond in kind? That stuff makes me want to kick a kid. Yeah. Like, just that that's the cable news, the talking heads. That stuff just makes, like, let's talk solution. Let's talk big picture. Let's talk about things that could, that could last and that could actually do some long-term good here. Yeah, exactly. That, that could do some long-term good instead of just get caught in the nuances of it. So I'm not like, you know, in light of recent news about maybe some controversy that has come up about Andy Bashir, and especially with, we're recording what, on Easter Sunday? Yeah. And some recent controversy that has come up. I'm just going to set that aside. You know, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to like bash, bash the current governor. I'm not going to bash the prior governor. I'm just going to talk about the big picture, where I see the state going long term, yeah. some structural changes that they could do, structural changes that they could do, and you know, basically, if like a tr- like all of the economic stimulus package was given just to Kentucky, what would I do? What would I do if money was no object? Like six trillion dollars just fell from the sky and landed in Frankfurt. What would I do if money was if money were no object? And I I also I want to come from a position. I I've had to navigate this working in health specifically in Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll, I will be the first one to tell you that as a firstborn, 
I don't want to hear, okay, first of all, I don't want to hear too many amens and thank you, Lord, and, <laughs> and preach from you as my younger sibling. These, these are personal issues that I have <laughs> been trying to deal with. But you can, as a firstborn older child, like the look at me, look at me member of the family, I know that it can be a, well, I'm right and I'm wrong and I have this degree and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've had to really understand myself and really understand how people receive information they don't receive it out of condescension. They receive it out of love. They receive it out of a, like they, you have to establish that you genuinely have their best interest at heart. And once they feel that and they feel like, mm -hmm. even if you have to get a little hard nose, and even if you have to say some hard truths that it's coming from a place of love and they can, um, they can take it and they can receive it because I have to talk about, um, people changing their lifestyles a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I work in primary care, mm -hmm. which means that I have to deal with the diabetes, the blood pressure, weight issues, obesity, all uh, pretty much everything that is riddling Eastern Kentucky right now. And I've found that uh, me approaching it, if I speak from my own experience, um, I mean, it's it's like when they, they tell you in, in church, like if you're witnessing to somebody, like nobody you can argue back and forth about theology, but nobody can deny your story. Um, for me, I was 200 pounds, four foot eight going into middle school. Like I did not have a very healthy relationship with food, but at 14, I got cancer. I dropped 30 pounds, went through six months of chemo. And I don't remember you ever being that heavy. Yeah. Or maybe just my, my perspective was skewed because obviously I was 10 years old. Yeah. So <laughs> That's like um, going, um, but I mean, in middle school, I, I grew like seven inches. And so that, that, that's true. It's like the fat just went, whoop. it was just straight up. It was, it was better distributed, but like, I can, I can speak to that. Like if I tell somebody that I've stared a life-threatening illness in the face and that really woke me up and made me want to pay attention, then, um, I lead into, I want to prevent a life-threatening illness for you. Let's get ahead of this. Um, yes. But it, there's, there's a lot, Kentucky leads in a lot of statistics for health that we should not be proud of. Yeah. Several different cancer rates, obesity rates, smoking rates. It, mm. It's heart disease, like stroke. It, it's, it's not good, but legislating the answer from a health side, mm -hmm. I don't think works. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we can get into that if you want to, but uh, that's just uh, I, I, on, on some of the like, moral issues that they try to push and lobby. I, like, I don't think you can legislate morality, just like I don't think that you can legislate um, decent choices when it comes to like food the, and health and things like that. The I, way I always define that is, is that you can't legislate morality but legislation always follows morality. True. So like the, the big the big example that I would say would be kind of let's take a, a big picture historical example. The 13th Amendment, the amendment that abolished slavery. That took 30 years. Uh, uh, that took almost 80 years of 
hard fought lobbying, winning hearts and minds, convincing a majority of the people that it was wrong. And then also the most deadliest war in the United States history for it to finally be passed. Then legislation followed. And so many of the choices that we make, like all of the laws regarding tobacco was after decades of lobbying and understanding and education regarding regarding the health effects of tobacco to the point to where yeah. now if you smoke it's it's more on you now like <laughs> it's it's yeah. more on you now you really don't have a choice whereas 40 years ago we can we can everyone... get in we can get into that a little bit um later in the i guess what we would like to improve about kentucky but mm-hmm. um because i i've had to and, and i come from the culture mm-hmm. that it was very deep rooted in um and so addressing we, that head-on has been a huge challenge we didn't like do it much because da- our our parents kind of left that life but we set tobacco like mm-hmm. we set tobacco we gathered tobacco we we come from families who older family members who were tobacco farmers yep. who that was that was yeah, one absolutely. of their cash crops and so yep. that was very much inlaid on the inlaid on the culture there and so it's yeah. it was good it, as far as the farming was concerned. It was good, honest work. And you know, you you learn you learn your backbone and you learn your character. When, when you're doing... <laughs> you, you you get your backbone and strengthen that backbone whenever you absolutely absolutely yeah. So like, needless to say, we're coming at it both from love and just we understand the culture and you know every culture has good and bad to it and it's good to just kind of step back and just objectively look at it as long as your name is not new jersey there's good and bad things about you you know (laughs) i wondered how long it would take to make enemies you you very much did in the third episode when you professed your love for the prequels but (laughs) you just keep the ball rolling Hot, hot take murphy <laughs> take... Side Me. note. Side note. I made a hot take. Uh, a hot take. Star Wars thing where I said, "Hot take. Ray is a Skywalker." And I'm like, I agree with this. In Rise of Skywalker, I agree with this pr- proclamation that she is a Skywalker. But we'll talk about that on another day. <laughs> I think we've we've got a um, Star Wars episode two. Mm-hmm coming because there was a lot in that episode that you um you're like dang it we should have talked about that it needs to be either attack of or murphy strikes back <laughs> attack of <laughs> cody strikes back exactly yes um okay so so we've lived in kentucky okay uh, you have lived in kentucky your entire life i have not oh yes I have lived in Kentucky in for the entire amount of life that I can actively remember. I spent um, three years away. Oh, oh that's true. Um, I uh, I was born in Florida, uh, and we moved here when I was 15 months old. And past that point, I've lived in Kentucky the entire time. But you actually lived in Virginia mm-hmm. for law school. And the other great commonwealth. Um, yeah. So tell me, what do you love about Kentucky? And you really start to appreciate it when you're away. Like it's mm. that it's that culture shock of 
Yeah, I haven't had that experience, so I'm interested. Virginia, it's very similar in a lot of regards. Like the further west you like if you start from the east coast and the further west you go the more kentucky it becomes and okay but there are a lot of quirks and eccentricities a little cultural things that when i talk about it in class everyone looks at me like i'm insane (laughs) (laughs) i'll talk about the big one the county culture that is so rare and that is so unique to us so for those really? of you that so for those of you who do not know, um, Kentucky has 120 counties. We have more counties than we know what to do with, and <laughs> due to a lot of cultural quirks and a lot of cult, like a lot of like political moves that were made, Kentucky, you know, very much organizes itself by the county level, and less so on the city level. If you're from Kentucky, unless you are from Lexington, Louisville, or Le- Lexington, Louisville, or like Somerset, or maybe Moorhead, a place with maybe a bigger, like a bigger name to it, you do not refer to yourself by what city you're. Because no one in Virginia knew I was from Grant County. I always just said, "Have you heard of? Have you heard of Noah's Ark?" It's so, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we all like, uh, like there, that county culture that was there. I went to Grant County High School. Like we organized ourselves by what county we by organized ourselves by what county from from we're a very county centric culture. And okay, so that was that was a difference. Do you like that we're a county centric? I do. Culture? I absolutely do. I like quirks. I like the quirks. I like the yeah. things that make you go, huh, that's, that's neat. That's different. Yeah. And I like that. I like that it's different. Um, that I like that it's different. Yes, we have a lot of counties, but we've organized ourselves accordingly. We've organized ourselves accordingly, according to that, to that model. And because in where I went to school, Lynchburg, didn't exist within any county it was just its own independent city thing that was just existed independently of any county and then uh, hmm. like in places in where there were counties there were like towns that were like subordinate to the county like the, there were towns they were in they had mayors they had town councils but if the county said the county could override them at any moment and just say we we need a full county we need all hands on deck here which is another kind of weird quirk. That was just a kind of one of those weird quirks that I'm just like, I, I appreciate that about Virginia. Like, <laughs> I like local culture. Because I think in this age of the internet and everyone in this, this sort of this mass, we have a very niche culture, but we also have a very mass culture as well. Like, everyone knew about Baby Yoda. Everyone knows about Tiger King. At least they've seen the memes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I like little regional stuff. I, I like the kind of what makes you quirk, what makes you distinct. And just really appreciating that. The Eastern Kentucky accent is lovely. Like, <laughs> I love the accent. Sometimes it, it comes out when I'm talking to my grandmother. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, mine does too. <laughs> Although, you know, I have noticed there's been some little quirks 
in some of our previous episodes where it does come out (laughs) pretty strong i don't know if it's little phrases or what (laughs) because our like our parents and our grandparents come from a county that no one knows where it's at unless you have family there sure it's very small it's very out of the way um they don't even have a stoplight there but dang it if it isn't gorgeous and I always kind of laughed when I was in Lynchburg when people, I said that, you know, Lynchburg is the biggest city I ever lived in. Sands of the six weeks that I spent in DC. And they all looked at me going, mm-hmm. what sort of podunk place are you from? <laughs> Cause they thought that was back. They thought that was backwoods. And I'm just like, listen, if you have a movie theater, you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> you have made it as a town. <laughs> yes. You so can... you like the you like the county system that quirky thing that yeah. happens in kentucky mm-hmm. um another i mean it's just beautiful here except yeah. during the winter and it's not snowing it looks like a british horror movie outside <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's just beautiful um i am very thankful though though i may be in the northern kentucky region I am very thankful that um, my parents, when growing up, bought the most Eastern Kentucky piece of land in Northern Kentucky. Like, yes, <laughs> we have 200 acres of woods in our backyard. In our backyard, we don't own 200 acres. We don't. We don't own 200 acres of woods. I mean, my parents don't own 200 acres of woods. But but dad's um, Eastern Kentucky charm kicked in and he made friends with all of the neighbors. Yeah. And we could and... like just run around and play and, you know, horseback, we horseback ride. Um, and I, I realized. Yeah. The, the most the most aggressive thing that we did on their property was ride horses and chase down the occasional deer during deer season. True. That's it. True. And deer season. I mean, that's. <laughs> that shows you kind of where we came from and <laughs> yes it, yeah, i did and i like and i i realized that when i was in criminal procedure talking about the fourth amendment and the right to privacy and the right against searches and seizures there's a doctrine in the fourth amendment i'm also teaching this in the in a in my class as well called mm-hmm. the open fields doctrine we're basically and woods count as open fields where basically the cops can just come onto your land and search your field without a warrant um without without a warrant the only thing that's protected is the main part of your house and i am like this is this is bull cheese (laughs) (laughs) this is bull cheese and i just remembered like the intense privacy and the intense like the ability to just kind of get away from the world that we enjoyed having that having that land having that woods you know and the ability and i i started finding myself increasingly figuring out how to waste the government proof my house (laughs) okay (laughs) it just but a lot of that comes from the fact that you know we knew our neighbors but it was a bit of a walk to get to our neighbors yeah yeah it was a bit of a walk to get to our neighbors and you know but we had just had just gorgeous land to play in and to grow up in and really, really enjoy. And so yeah. that that kind of all encompasses in just the natural beauty here in Eastern Kentucky. That is their greatest resource. 
is it's just naturally beautiful it's there's a reason it's called god's country um just places to explore places that feel like it hasn't changed since daniel boone walked there in some regards yeah yeah in some regard as far as the land hasn't changed yeah the land hasn't changed and you know even like in terms of like settlements there are still buildings that have been around since like the 1800s in eastern kentucky yep yeah um and they're they've been around since the 1800s and they're not government owned like still private lands private buildings and i just like it's just natural beauty k run lake is gorgeous i spent a year in somerset and well i didn't have the best time and i'm going to get into that a little bit a little bit as to why oh it's pretty down there it's absolutely gorgeous down there just going like the 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 parts where i felt cumberland falls is just one of the most one of two locations on earth that has a naturally occurring moonbow which is a rainbow made by moonlight it's just absolutely gorgeous down there like there's a part of me that while i was working down there that thought what if i just pulled over and just walked up that mountain and no one ever heard from me again and i just became this like legendary thing of like this hermit that lived (laughs) okay so like you weren't like going off to end it but you were you were just going to be a a hermit yes i was just going to be a hermit and just be that weird like legend that the discovery channel will do a feature on one day Doesn't that kind of negate the purpose of being a hermit if you do it so that the Discovery Channel makes a documentary about you? It'd be a happy accident. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. It's just okay. a happy byproduct. But part of like my not having that much fun down there is what led me to such maybe some mm, extreme thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Some extreme. So, okay, but if you could land in one, I assume you're wanting to stay in Kentucky, mm-hmm. probably from here on out, because mm-hmm. you have such a strong desire to get in and really work on things at the local government level and make the state really help it realize its potential. Where would you ideally like to land and settle down? Um, if possible, anywhere between the Frankfurt to Moorhead line like from i-64 from frankfurt which covers frankfurt lexington uh winchester mount sterling moorhead somewhere along that spectrum frankfurt for the obvious reasons of you know getting into the like the action where state government is you know lexington is where things are (laughs) it's depending on what things you're looking for true I mean, we're Moorhead grads. Love yep. Moorhead. It's just, it's a fun, quirky city. It's a, it's, it's I've, a fun, I've quirky ne- city. I've never lived anywhere like like this before. I so I currently live in in Moorhead, Kentucky. Yeah, and it it has a magnet underneath of it. Um, I met my wife Kristen of almost six years in May. Um, I met her um, in our calculus class actually at Moorhead State. Um, mm-hmm. We dated through college. Uh, we went to the fact that for... the fact that you took calculus is also impressive. <laughs> Just <laughs> well, I took it because I had to. 
Well, side note, um, everybody, uh, Isaac Newton invented calculus during a quarantine, so please, no one get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no one get any ideas. Uh, but, but yes, we, we met in calculus, um, and we became study buddies, and then more. Um, and then we went off to med school in Pikeville for two years, mm -hmm. but we came right back to Moorhead for mm -hmm. our uh, med school rotations, for mm -hmm. our residency. Um, we still live here. Um, and it kind of bleeds into what it is I like about Kentucky is I think that season, like seasonality, I think that's a word, like this uh, is important, not just in the weather, but in life. Um, it's, having a distinct spring after a winter um, <laughs> I think is, is good for your soul. Having a summertime where you can run and play and having the fall where things get crisp and you, you know, kind of get reflective uh, about the year and then having a winter time that causes you to like um, bundle up and stay in and make good warm meals and, and, you know, look forward to the spring. I think that kind of just rhythm in life is important, mm -hmm. but I, it helps when that happens outside. And I love that in Kentucky, we have four distinct seasons. I, I, I have a very strong opinion against fall these days because fall never like actually feels like fall anymore. It, it always <laughs> vacillates between like 90 and 30 and then, like, the leaves are pretty for, like, a week. <laughs> then a thunderstorm And then that hits. one rainstorm comes through, and then they're all gone. And they're, and they're all gone, but, and then I'm just left sad. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I love the, the festival season in the fall. Oh, oh um, yeah. Uh, shout out to our boys at the Wool Festival. Like, yes. in Falmouth, Kentucky, at the Lake Kincaid State Park. One of the, like, for me, that is the holiday season. Like the holiday season kicks off at the Wool Festival. I at don't the Wool Festival. I don't yeah. celebrate Halloween, like mainly because I'm I, I'm boring, but I don't celebrate. <laughs> I don't go to part Halloween parties, um, mainly because they really don't happen around here, or I'm too. Or they don't really happen around here, but I don't go to Halloween parties. For me, it's the Wool Festival. It's always the Wool Festival, and uh, praise Jesus for that honey lemonade. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you can't you can't go and not get it. Oh, but that's like so. That I have I have a couple things that are like spe specific items that only seem to occur in Kentucky that I really love. But mm -hmm. the, and I have the more broad sweeping. Like I love that we have seasons, um, and I I love the type of activities and the proximity that things are pretty much at any point in Kentucky. So uh, we're about halfway between Ashland and Lexington mm -hmm. here in Moorhead. And if we wanted to go to Lexington for something, hop on the interstate and go, and it's about an hour away. There's an Apple um, store there. But we're also, f there's also five minutes from Cave Run Lake. Mm -hmm. um, so if we wanted to go to the lake to fish or kayak or boat, um, we've got um, some fantastic trails. We've got good hiking. Um, and then the uh, Eastern Kentucky is really seeing kind of an artisanal boon. Oh yeah. That is that I'm all for. Um, 
And that's, I'm going to kind of get into that on the things that I would love to see um, get better or improve in Kentucky. Um, But for me, it seems like we we're not close enough to the coast that we get hurricanes. We're not close enough out West to the fault lines that we get earthquakes. Um, we, we have had the one-off. Tornado. We, we get a tornado, but um, it doesn't like lay waste to entire towns. Like, um, I mean, we did have a really Sands bad one at, in. Sands at 2012 was 20 tornado. In, in 2012 like that that was horrendous but oh um, can i can i can, tell a funny can i tell a funny story about the 2012 tornado i i don't know how to interpret <laughs> that question so <laughs> but continue <laughs> so i was in college at the time and i was doing a um I, I was doing kind of a mission trip cleanup. We did great work all week. It was, we were helping, we were helping people and we were in Menifee County. We were mm-hmm. in where our parents were, we were in where our parents grew up and actually Possum Holler of all places. <laughs> oh, Possum Holler. Yes. Hot Which dang. is where my father engaged to my mother. That's, that's where he popped the question. Yes. yes. And Possum Holler. And this woman just lost her house. Like all that was left was the foundation. It was really sad. It was really tragic. And we heard stories about how wedding rings were being retreat were being recovered and how marriage licenses were being recovered. Oh. And it was just, it was there's some awesome stories. And I thought I was going to have one. I thought I was going to have a really awesome story there. And um this lady was like, yeah, um, we have our family Bible. We have a family Bible here and it lost its cover. And it was that family Bible that we own, that blue like Freemason, probably there's some sort of secret, yeah, hidden, code, yeah, yeah, yeah. secret hidden code in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that Freemason Bible and that dad owns. And I found the cover and we'd be able to restore it. And I, I go, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I, I take it over the one's like, ma'am, I found the, is this the cover to your Bible? maybe we can get something repaired here and she goes oh yeah that is my ex-husband will love to get that back oh no (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like you know what if it couldn't be a sappy story at the very least it ended up hilarious Oh, uh, and I, and that's that's oh, so but that's another thing that I, I mean I didn't have this down, but that's another thing I loved about Kentucky is how we rally together behind each other. We are good in a crisis. Yeah. Like something happens, we are good in a crisis. We rally around each other. Sometimes it takes us a moment to get out and like get out of our comfort zone and like you know break from the day to day routine. But I think that's more of a national problem than it is a uh, yeah. Than, than it is just a Kentucky problem. But when there's a crisis, when there's a rally, I mean, it's all this stuff with Corona that's happening right now, you know, we're all buckling, you know, besides the few yahoos, we're all buckling down. We're all helping each other. We're, we're figuring this out together. We're figuring out, we're figuring this out together. And, you know, it's been hard, but we're learned we're, it's been hard, but we're, you know, we're looking out for each other. Yeah. Just Kentuckians at their core are good and decent people. Like they're, and that's, they're still, 
um, places where I mean, you leave the you know front door open so that the air can circulate yeah. through at night because for the most part, Kentuckians are good, decent people. But um, what would you improve about Kentucky? And I know we've talked about some of this, this offline, but um, from a systemic level, not one side versus the other, because I, I assume that, I mean, given that you're a lawyer, you'd probably approach from the, how can we get the structures that are in place inside of our systems and governments to, to improve mine? I mean, the first things that come to mind for me are um, health and fitness and things like that. So, but mm -hmm. tell me, tell me, what would you improve about Kentucky? Well, kind of a good short term improve, improvement that could be a simple bill, a simple piece of legislation. I would make divorce harder in the state. We have some of the most lax divorce laws in this country, um, which is surprising for, you know, the, the kind of the, this, it, which is surprising considering that we're a Southern, we're relatively a Southern state, depending on who you ask, but we're a Bible Belt state. You know, we tend to not, we tend to, there are certain segments of the population that very much, very, very much frowns upon divorce. Mm-hmm. But it's also incredibly easy. You can file for a divorce petition the moment that you leave. You can you go file for a divorce petition the moment that you leave your husband or you leave your wife or what have you. And upon 60 days, you file for your petition. After 60 days, you can have a divorce decree within two months. Most states, um, it, you have to wait at least six months to a year before really? you can even file for a divorce. Yeah, you have to be separated for you have to be separated for over a year in some states. Now, is that, is that with divorce. like hopes of reconciliation or uh, hopes of rec if you're separated for a year the state is like, "Ah, yeah, this this ain't happening." They won't like judge you. Every state has no fault divorce. Mm -hmm. Um which means that you know, it just it's what's called irretrievable breakdown of the marriage. But because in Kentucky, you can leave your, hus leave your husband, leave your wife one day, and then 60 days later have, your have yourself a divorce decree, depending on the court docket, um, it makes it too easy. It makes it too easy. And one of my jobs in Somerset, one of the things I did in Somerset was that I was a divorce attorney. Yeah. And you see the heartbreak and the ache. And as an unmarried individual, kind of made me a little jaded on love there for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, but which I mean, you were just at that point in your life, you were you you got into law, and because we've had these conversations before, you got into law to to build better things, like yeah. to to help people get their estate in order, um, so that you know their mm -hmm. their descendants were taken care of for to incorporate small businesses to you know hopefully mm -hmm. it, 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 supply an entity that would create jobs and bring money into the economy to do deeds for people buying land. And the first job you took, I, I mean, I don't know how you did it because you only did the like gut wrenching work. Like it was like emergency mm -hmm. protective orders and divorces. And I mean, that would be like, for me, if the I, emergency if, protective orders were the most rewarding thing that I did there 
the divorces were the worst. Yeah. The divorces were the absolute worst. The emergency protective orders, at least, you're, you're, it is a short-term win. It was a short-term victory. You know, you, 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 you made a win for, for, for somebody. Yeah. But it was gut-wrenching work all the time. I was miserable down there. Um, I was miserable down there, which is why I had thoughts of just becoming a crazy old <laughs> hermit who moving lived in. But I mean, I, I, when you were when you were talking about what you were doing, I I mean, I try I tried to mentally come up with an analog for like what would my equivalent of this be? Like, well, if I was like delivering, basically, be hospice care, or if I was like doing nothing but delivering stillborns and telling people they had cancer, like I I I don't know that I could have emotionally withstood that. So I mean, kudos to you. I mean, I just real like that. I mean, I'm just going to be frank and I'm going to be vulnerable here. (laughs) Now, with that being said, my out of work experience there, my, my out of work experience there, there was a great, I had a great church. I actually watched them today for Easter. Oh, you did? Um, That's awesome. With uh, shout out to shout out, shout out to the Creek. I still follow them every week. And, you know, there were places there. There, I called them my Moorhead places, actually, <laughs> where the kind of the quirky and the weird people congregate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, the church was one of the places where the quirky and the weird people <laughs> congregate, which is awesome. Yeah. I would just make divorce. Like, that, would, that is probably the most clear-cut, simple thing that we could do right now, is make divorce harder. Okay, you got your here's my one thing. If I could pass one bill that would take care of an issue, what would you have to like let simmer for a while? What would you have to like slowly peel back layers on? Well, uh, for one, I think be, and this is kind of tangential to it is we basically just need to triple the, the size of the judiciary here. We need to make access to justice, access to the court system because of this high problem of domestic violence, of this high problem of this problem of divorce, the need for services and court services and access to courts and, you know, frankly, mental health, you know, getting, having courts being able to direct, you know, people to appropriate mental health treatment, counseling, yeah, counseling there, you know, just get them in places to where, you know, triple the size of judiciary, triple the size of the staff. Because Pulaski County, the judge that was in front of all the time in Pulaski County, they had to get a second judge, a second family court judge. Wow. He just like when when the new one was elected, he had the biggest smile on his face because Pulaski County had the highest per capita court doc, family court docket in the in the state wow and he was dealing with more divorce and more domestic violence per capita than any other district in the state Uh, because his district ran three different counties and you know we triple the size we need to triple the size of the judiciary you know make access to justice easier make it you know make it to where one our judges don't become jaded and cynical and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ready to just throw themselves off throw themselves off of the ledge because a f- what a family court does you have it, it, what a family court does they do 
divorce. They do domestic violence. They do unmarried custody and, you know, taking children away from social services and adoption. So four out of the five things are very sad, <laughs> are very depressing, the dregs of humanity. But I, to, I, I got to experience uh, the fifth. And it yes. was quite possibly one of the best days of my entire life. But um, yes. I, so. But tripling the size of the judiciary when we have no money, it's kind of a problem. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, and I think, and a lot of it comes back to money, especially if you're trying to like implement policies. And um, you were talking about like justices getting um, jaded and burnt out. Like we need doctors in Eastern Kentucky and the burnout rate is, I mean, I, I, honestly, this is a bit of a side note, but it definitely plays in here. Like the reason why, honestly, we started this podcast was uh, like being a lawyer and a, a physician are very high demand, stressful jobs. And this is, this is, a, we're very non-traditional, traditional in that regard. Um, and yeah. I think, I think it was, it was by design in order for us to find balance. Um, like we're, yeah, like you, um, you have your own law firm, but you also teach college. Uh, yeah. which I was so I'm excited trying to kind of make, that. I'm trying to make the transition more to college, <laughs> to college work and everyone like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Everyone was like, you know, teachers are underpaid. Why are you going to teaching? You went to law school, you know? And I'm like, listen, working as a full-time lawyer to make the $300,000 that everyone thinks you're making requires basically just sacrificing your soul. Like it, it just, you know, frankly, the, my best class was constitutional law and there's not a high market for that. <laughs> there's not a high demand for that. And frankly, I just want to sit and rant and rave and say that the, the open fields doctrine of the fourth amendment is stupid. Like, <laughs> like half the assignments that I, so for one of my assignments for my class, I'm having them read some seminal. Case. I don't know. I don't know what that meant, but I appreciated your ferocity. So one of my assignments is that for my class is that I'm having them read uh, Supreme Court opinions, some seminal like the stuff that everyone's heard of, like Roe v. Wade. Yeah, and then some stuff that other people, some many people have not heard of, and it's partially just a I'm angry about this. You should be too. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, oh, but yeah, like I'm enjoying teaching and I, I'm enjoying teaching. I'm, I'm currently an adjunct at Northern Kentucky University. My class, some, some, my class became online. So <laughs> due, due to all of this, yeah. but I, I've gained a new appreciation for Northern Kentucky University. And because frankly, whenever I started college, I saw that as where all my high school class went. 
as the school where all my high school class went. Yeah, Moorhead <laughs> like, has that um, that moniker for a lot of the local counties around here. Like, well, just mm. everybody goes to Moorhead. Um, but our, our I, family, our, our families from Menifee, we moved, we grew up in Northern. So coming back still had that kind of, you know, we're moving away, but not really. It was, it was a moving away and coming home feel all at the same time. Exactly. Uh, it was new, exactly. but it, it, it was new, but it was familiar. Um, yes. but I, so you, you teach, um, college and you have your practice. I'm actually a part-time physician. Um, I don't know. It's like, wait, what? When I started right out of residency, I was working full time, 60 hours a week. And you, I mean, like you said, with a lawyer making $300,000, you'd have to sell your soul and do nothing else. I, I was beginning to realize why other physicians got like trapped into that. All they do is work. Like when I started practice, I would get phone calls from local nursing homes asking me to come in and be the provider over the nursing home, uh, which if to do nurse nursing home medicine, to take care of people in that state is an incredibly noble thing to do. But I was working full time. And so I, I talked with my like mentor um, and they said, well, we actually do encourage it to get your name out in the community, but you'd either have to go in in the morning or you'd have to go after work or you'd have to come in on a Saturday and, and then, you know, there were all kinds of committee opportunities and like, take this position, take this position, which meant extra meetings, which, and I could see myself getting to the point where it was all I did. But even when I was working full time, my wife was working full time as well. And we had a newborn at home that we had just adopted. And it, uh, I mean, it all kind of came to a head in 2018. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I'll get into that story a little later, but I had an incredibly bad health scare and everything came to a grinding halt. And I mean, my surroundings, my, the voices speaking, the actual audible voices speaking into my life were telling me to go harder, faster, do more, but life was telling me to slow down. Um, yeah. And we had a yeah. fantastic opportunity, um, to go part-time. So my wife and I actually share a position. Uh, mm -hmm. During that time, we had a creative business percolating. We weren't able to do a whole lot with it when we were working full-time, but um, yeah. as a college professor slash lawyer, my wife and I are physicians slash photographers slash crafters. Mm -hmm. We're working a bunch of different medium, but we've reached the point now where we feel genuinely rested and we feel balanced and this yeah. is this has let us stay home so it, in being in the crafting community the photography community i've realized that the amount of talent and artistic vision in eastern kentucky and kentucky in general oh yeah and uh, oh, yeah. if if there is one thing that i could pr improve about that would be to get some of these voices an avenue so that their voices mm -hmm. could be heard. Uh, one thing that I noted when I was making notes for today was, um, let me let me pull it up here. Do do do. Was just if we invest in education, we predominantly go for entrepreneurship, and just whether it be this artisanal avenue, the artists, but just yeah. You know, 
the problem, I would say that the problem with Eastern Kentucky, and that's a loaded term, is that they tend to have this kind of fixation on who's the industrial savior that's going to come in and fix things. Yeah. Whether it be coal, whether it be once upon a time timber, or or others, who is the industrial savior that's going to fix things? And I, I see this kind of with coal and decline, with you know this this sort of like pivot in the market that's happening, this move towards seizing their own destiny. And with information technology being what it is, you know, being creatives, let like movies, short films, art and stuff actually be made in the hollers of Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. There has been, there's been a, a revival of the main street in Eastern mm-hmm. Kentucky. And it's so fun mm-hmm. to watch. Um, through the summer oh, yeah. times, we have first Friday markets where you can come and sit up on main streets. There's lots of local bands. There's cafes and coffee shops and pubs and that are and breweries that are popping up. Yeah. Shout out to our boys at the coffee tree bookstore. Oh, the coffee tree. Like, so I do want to put a couple little footnotes in for the things that I love that aren't like these yes. big overarching, like metaphysical ideology things about Kentucky, but yes. coffee tree books. In Moorhead, Kentucky. Oh man. Uh, Dragonfly Cafe. They have a food truck that bounces all around the state. And every time it is in or it, within a feasible drive from me, they have <laughs> they came to the Wizard Fest in Ironton, Ohio, and they had a pumpkin bisque that was served in an actual pumpkin. Oh yeah. You had it. Mm. They and they had oh. a fried green tomato BLT. Like, oh, oh still my just, heart. like I'm, i need to get up and pace a little bit it's uh, so dragonfly cafe well um Pop, pops barbecue uh cave run lake specifically oh uh <laughs> tomato and flame we're in church right now um, brick oven pizza <laughs> in mount sterling kentucky uh crank and boom ice cream like um uh, it, yeah, Malini's is fantastic, and there's there's some ways in college that you could scam a free meal out of them. Hey, when you're broke, you're broke. Um, but yeah, those 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 are my very honorable mentions. I, I can't um, I can't go an episode without Kentucky and not and not mention you know Winchester Swamp Water Ale Eight One <laughs> for our yes. non Kentucky listeners. Ale Eight One is a ginger ale that is bottled in Winchester, Kentucky, that I don't know how to describe it because I think like L8 was partially my formula as a small child, like (laughs) was my formula as a small child. And so it's like, it tastes like L8. Like that's, that's just what it is. Like I can't just compare it to anything else. And I have discovered that you either love it or hate it. Yeah. It, there, there are no lukewarm feelings about it late. <laughs> no. Like, you only drink it in, pro tip, you only drink it in a glass bottle. Oh, absolutely. Plastic bottle and cans are only for bourbon, like, are only for bourbon or so I've been told. You're just glass bottle is the only way to do it. And that just that nice crisp, once you twist off the bottle and that nice little ring of ice that comes around it, that's when it's at its absolute perfection, and I'm just salivating at the mouth as we Oh, the, ri- the ring of ice around the top, and then you have that little, like, uh, I guess it's a little residual carbon dioxide that it's separated from the bubbles, and this little, like, mist of uh, vapor comes out. And, and... like, we have had vacations <laughs> in 
when the last LA. Oh, he's he's not kidding. We took my. I, we're not um, kidding. My 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 <laughs> my late grandmother, Geneva, um, she had breast cancer and it had it it had come back, um, and they weren't really going to do much about it. And Dad asked her, um, "Mom, is there anything anywhere you want to go? Anything that you want to do? You want to see?" And she piped up like uh, almost immediately said, "Yeah, I'd love to see the Grand Canyon." Um, Dad was like, "Okay, we went great." I'll go, I'll buy the plane tickets this week. And she said, oh no, I'm not flying. <laughs> so we rented a seven seat van with a VHS or with a VCR and a TV built in. And we drove to the Grand Canyon. Uh, and I had my, I had my Game Boy and my Black Arachnia Beast Wars. Yes, you were set. But so we drove to the Grand Canyon and we had these big grandiose plans of, um, going up through Colorado to South Dakota, like we were going to take an entire sweeping tour of the Western Midwestern United States. When we got to Colorado, we ran out of L8s and no joke. My grandfather said, we've got to go home. <laughs> yep. So we completely rerouted. We skipped South Dakota and we plotted out the straightest line possible to get from our current location home because we run out of L8s. That is a hundred percent true. I realized when I was in Lynchburg. So the thing about L8 is, is that when you realize you're not going to have it, you become more obsessed with it. <laughs> right. And so like, I don't drink much in Kentucky. Like I have it at family gatherings. I have it, like I have it at family gatherings and then, you know, I'll have one occasionally. Also dad's on a diet, so like we're we're on diets we're all trying to lose weight so we're we're just trying to stay away from that and um <laughs> and it just like but whenever i was in law school and i was in virginia and whatever supply that i had was what i bought on the way back mm. no joke i probably spent about 80 dollars one january in nothing but la <laughs> like i brought back like a hundred and like seventy bottles. That's hilarious. A <laughs> hundred and seventy. And I know you're not kidding. And I, 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 I have pictures. And <laughs> because, it, like, I once had a girl because it, it's not that well well known in Louisville of all places. And whenever I worked at, I worked for the Governor Scholar Program. Pin on that. Talk about that in a minute. I had a girl convinced that I worked for the company because I pitched the thing <laughs> so well. That's funny. <laughs> and it's just so like, it, it, it's such this unique thing. And it like, I remember my first semester of law school, I was going to meet up with a friend who lived in Ashland. And I stopped at once I, the moment I crossed that state lines, I walked into the flying J's at Ashland. I grabbed myself an L8 and I downed that thing. And I'm just like, I'm home. Mm -hmm. I'm okay, home. Well, question. Do you think that it would have the appeal that it did if it was like some national brand? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I even even if that were the case, I'm still glad that I'm glad that it's local and it's expanding more. Oh, yeah. Like it's getting out there. We found one in Georgia. Like <laughs> we, wow. we found one in Georgia when we were Ty Tybee Island. And and like 
it's expanding. Like it's in every Cracker Barrel nationwide now. That's awesome. And they're like, like you can get it specialty near the root beers and the cream sodas. Local brews, and the, if yeah, you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. We we went and we got like and I found that in law school I used L eight as a way to sort of like mark my territory. <laughs> like I talk to somebody, I get to know somebody, and I'm like, I like you. Here's an L eight. <laughs> like <laughs> Like this is my sign of friendship. You don't know. This is a this is a cultural thing. The fact that I'm letting you partake in this, you know. This is this is a big deal. My supply is limited. My supply is limited here. And I'm gonna say it. Another hot take. Um L8, L8 12 ounce bottle, glass bottle is supreme. But then I call that the A plus. Diet caffeine free L eight is like B plus L eight, and it is so good. I I agree. It's like the it's like eighty seven percent there. Yeah, the diet L eight with caffeine, C minus. The diet yeah. L eight without caffeine is closer to the actual flavor than it, no no I, no I agree. Um, but you were wanting to talk about the Governor Scholar. It's one of the, I think it's one of the best things State does. Uh, every year, um, if you're between junior and senior year of high school, if you were top of your class and you applied, you get to go to a five-week summer program that is basically college without the stress. <laughs> without the grades. Without the grades, without the, you get to spend five weeks and sort of having a pre-college experience that in Kentucky, if you go to a public school's Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if money. it's as good like, now as it used to be, but um, like, especially for Moorhead with the Governor Scholar Program, uh, I got a full ride and then some. Same. Same. Um, I, I didn't get quite as good as you because 2008 happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 2008 happened, but I made it. Yeah. And I made it debt-free. Yeah which you know i made i made it debt free and so i just such a good like such a good program one of my favorite memories i i have met one of my best friends who we still talk to this day over a decade later they're a public defender in he's a public defender in washington dc right now it's so it's sort of like a if i ever want to go visit washington i have a free place to That's stay fun. I have free place to stay. And um, we, one of my favorite memories from there, though, <laughs> like I was a philosophy major in the program, like five weeks I did philosophy. And I actually found my wall sign that, like the sign that was on my dorm room, <laughs> that was on my dorm room that had my name and my major on it. And it was, it was exposure to new ideas, meeting interesting and different people. It was sort of, I call it the one place where communism works. <laughs> <laughs> because you get everyone together. They're all interested in just, you know, having a good time and learning interesting things. We all share communal dorms. We all share everything. In co- we all share everything in common. And it has this weird kind of cult-like vibe sometimes <laughs> that, you know, it's hard to explain to outsiders. And well, one of my favorite memories was in 2009. I was a, I was a governor's fellow in 2009 at Center College. 
and our class, our group organized what is called battle tactics, which was World War II with water guns. Oh. It was World War II themed, uh, two, two themed uh, water gun war. Yeah, we had Valkyrie, we had Blitzkrieg, we had, we, had, we tied a D-Day. Um, I was on the side of the Axis because it's the one time I could be evil without, <laughs> you know, feeling really, really awful about it. <laughs> one kid had, like, a water gun backpack and had it cooled to, like, 45 degrees in the heat of summer. Like... <laughs> 45 degrees to the heat of summer. So if you got hit by him, it hurt. You, <laughs> the righteous indignation is thinly veiled jealousy. <laughs> A little bit. But you learn new things. And you know, four years later, I was in a bit of a rough place. I just needed kind of a big, you know, let God move, let let him just do some crazy things and just go on a crazy adventure. I went back four years later to be a resident advisor and I got to work the program. And I was at Bellarmine GSP 2013. Honestly, it was like round two for me. I treated it like round two. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a good time, met some amazing people. I got to teach a class and kind of got that little bug there. Oh, do you think that's, <laughs> you think that's where that, that started? There. It is, yeah. Honestly, honestly, if you know, I, I teach four classes every semester. If I teach three to four classes every semester, and then say carve out five weeks for the Governor Scholar Program, <laughs> I would be happy. I'd be happy as a clam, like yeah, to be able to do that. And oh, it's just so good. And you, you learn it, it's it's a safe place to kind of open your mind, experience new people who have different walks of life. Because if you grow up in a small town, everyone generally has the same worldview. Yeah. And it's it's a safe place to kind of just expand, expand your horizons, meet different people. I would trust every single one of my governor's scholar kids with running the country better than the current <laughs> yahoos that are currently running. I know I so because we all learned we all learned to you know, we all learn to agree to disagree, but to disagree respect. Yeah, no, I, so I was, um, center GSP 2005. Um, I, mm -hmm. um, it completely broke me out of my shell. Uh, I was, I was an incredibly backward kid. Um, I, I, I very much did not want the spotlight on me. I didn't like public speaking. I, 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 I took, I, or I signed up for a student led play and acting was something that was just completely foreign for me. And one of the friends that I'd made there pushed me into it. Oh, Oh, tell them about your Lion King incident. Oh. <laughs> so, we had these um um the governor scholar showcase or the talent show um where you could get mm -hmm. up and you know sign up to do some sort of um talent and, i mean most people got up there and sang some people and i didn't know what they were doing but they got up and performed their um speech and drama pieces or forensic pieces um but me and the little group that i ran with decided that we were going to put on a dramatic theatrical interpretation of Hakuna Matata 
And <laughs> and who did you I play? I played Pumbaa. And one thing that you have to understand is this is um, post-cancer me. And I was probably about 140 pounds soaking wet, six foot tall. And they thought it was hilarious to make me Pumbaa. And so they like stuffed this shirt up and up in my, they, they padded me out. And if you would have told me before I went there that that's something that I would have done, I would have not gone probably. Like, is this going to be required of me? No, I can't do it. I can't do it. But like you said, it's, it's college without the grades and the responsibility in that you, it's a dorm life. You are taking um, classes and things that you, you otherwise wouldn't like my major was Spanish language and culture. Um, mm-hmm. and I, the, the teacher did I, not, I, I didn't get, I, I didn't get to pick my major. Um, and since it was philosophy, when we got to predestination, it got real fun. <laughs> it got real. It got real. <laughs> it got real. Because I was an alternate. And meaning that I was on the waiting list for people to literally break their legs for me to be able to go. <laughs> and someone actually broke their leg. I missed the opening ceremonies because I was three days, it was three days into the program. And by George, my mother got, when we got the news that I could go, my mother got me there in four hours. We had five weeks worth of stuff packed in yes, four hours. I remember that. I, I have never, mom has something that I've always just called her game face. Like when, um, cause she had, she was telling me about this and, and I've witnessed it before that whenever she needs to be in the zone, regardless of how traumatic or how scary or whatever, like game face clicks in and she just, she gets the job done. And then once everything's mm-hmm. calmed down and everybody's fine, she cries. Yes. <laughs> she had a kid when she teaches elementary school or she did she's retired now but um she had a kid break their arm on the swing and she like carried them in and in my so in my head i don't know if this is actually how it happened but from her telling me the story the way i've recreated it is she had the kid in one arm and she walked into the teacher's lounge with the other arm just swiped everything off to lay the kid there <laughs> but she no she did she got the kid and carried him in until the paramedic could get there and then she went to her room and cried <laughs> It's like once the adrenaline lets over, the emotion came over her. But, um, but no, her game. I'm way too ADD to have a game face. Right? But her her game face <laughs> kicked in, uh, real quick when you got that call. I got a whole new wardrobe, like mm-hmm. <laughs> because mom was like, "Free college, we're doing this. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing like I didn't have a choice. I wanted to apply, but I didn't have a choice not to." But you're glad you did. <laughs> Mom's like, you're doing Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's one of the best things the state does. The state values it. It invests in it. It, it creates, honestly, I think it creates the love that you have because you also go to other places in Kentucky, interesting places, you know, places that you wouldn't go in your normal yeah, day yeah. life. And I mean, I went to the Abbey of Gethsemane, like with a bunch of monks like had experienced sort of that world for the first time and oh i like i i have been wanting for 10 years to take a weekend to go down Mm. there and just spend time in the monastery just spend time in the monastery i'm baptist i don't i don't know exactly how all the protocol and all that stuff works but it just there was such a serenity there yeah yeah. 
just absolutely love. Um, and it just, it, it, it opens your mind. It introduces you to new worlds and new possibilities. And, you know, I didn't want to be a philosophy major, but I'm also very ex- glad that I got exposed to kind of the content and the material that I yeah. did. Eventually, about a weekend, I realized I didn't actually have to do the readings because, you know. Because b- because high school. <laughs> because high school and also uh, the professor was just like, there's no grades here, so I'm just going to explain everything for the next first 30 minutes of the class. They were going to have a two and a half hour discussion. About That's it. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh john wilcox he was this soft-spoken catholic guy that was about like five foot tall he's like five foot tall and you just wanted to like he was like a human ewok <laughs> like, <laughs> oh and also we'll talk about in the harry potter the harry potter episode why i identify as both a ravenclaw and a gryffindor is because of gsp yeah, the um, sixth <laughs> Harry Potter book came out um, while I was at GSP. Sixth Harry Potter movie came out when I was And I was, at I was not able to get said book. And the uh, RAs yeah. the RAs would do an RA update, which is like a weekend update where they mm-hmm. would recap the week. And they kept talking about the three words that would spoil the sixth Harry Potter book. And one guy came out and says, I know the three words. I know the three words. And another RA literally ran across the stage and tackled him to the ground, covered his mouth and dragged him off the stage. Mm -hmm. I wondered how Mm -hmm. Harry Potter would come up in the Kentucky episode, but it did. It came up very organically. It's not as organic now that I'm drawing attention to it, but hey, you know, you you win some, you lose some. (laughs) We titled it the state of Kentucky to, to call it, you know, to reference the state um, and the things that we love about it and what we'd like to improve. But I, I think we need to talk about the, the current state, if, if even just briefly. I, in the midst, uh, and I don't think you're going to listen to a podcast today unless it was recorded like three months ago that is not affected by the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wanted to give credit where credit is due. Um, Kentucky has done a fantastic job mm-hmm. of flattening that curve. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And I, I, I think back to some conversations that I've had with with mom. And I mean, we had to talk about the coronavirus as all of this was starting and evolving. And the the way I I haven't been in a room with you guys since around my birthday. Mm-hmm. February in mid-February and it's mid-April so it's been two months and the way that we get to see each other sooner is by not seeing each other now mm-hmm. and um, the governor has has been cracking down on things but rightfully so um, there's arguments about what he's cracking down on and what he isn't but the fact of the matter is that social distancing abiding by the CDC guidelines will enable us to get together sooner it's going to be a sacrifice right now and i i feel like the way that things have been handled thus far and the quick actions that we've taken have we are seeing a real effect um and it is it, yeah. it's helping we have um, um but it's 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 a time right now where i mean people are hurting uh, mm-hmm. people are scared 
Um, and in this current climate, um, we, we've been talking for a while, Cody and I have, about ways that we can help and ways that we can give back. Um, and I wanted to end this podcast, um, I guess, officially announcing our initiative. Um, the whole shtick of the whole podcast is we have, you followed us into our favorite pub filled with our favorite things, and we just chat. And it, you wouldn't be doing a service to your favorite pub if you didn't leave a tip. And so we are going to, as this evolves, it, it, it'll be more frequently, we're going to throw a segment on the end of each podcast. Um, you know, once, once we start getting um, support um, called leaving a tip, um, we are in the process of setting up, by the time you hear this, it should be set up, a Patreon page. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you search for a doctor and a lawyer, or doctor and lawyer on Patreon, you'll be able to find the podcast. Um, the Patreon is going to have several tiers. And once the cost of the show and the cost of hosting all of the technical stuff with the domain, the um, RSS feed, submitting it to Apple equipment, things like that. Once that has been covered, everything else, if you decide, if you become a patron of the show, um, we're going to donate to somebody or something. Um, and it is going to be community driven. So anyone listening to this, the way that you'll vote is through the Patreon page. Um, but you'll be able to nominate if you know somebody who's struggling or in need, if you yourself are in a really rough patch and we have, the, once we get to the point where, um, we've covered the cost of the show, everything above that, we're going to give away. And, um, I wanted to go ahead and, um, put out that the first, uh, organization that we're going to donate to is directrelief.org. Um, because working in the medical field, um, personal protective equipment during the COVID outbreak is, uh, it's, it's hard to come by and it's absolutely crucial. Um, and this, um, company is directly like their, their whole purpose is to get protective equipment to healthcare workers who are, uh, on the front lines and need it. Um, it's, it's a very vibrant, very urgent need right now. Um, I mean, so much so that you're seeing companies like Apple that have switched their production lines over to producing face shields and um, acquiring N95 masks. Um, so that's going to be the first one. It's not going to be a like organization every time. We definitely want to um, um, really help um, and uh, do what we can. So that's going to be leaving a tip. Um, and if you find us on Patreon, uh, that's how you can support us there. Um, we're going to have some interesting perks for the different tiers. None of them are going to be outlandish. Um, I think the, I've got them set up currently. Um, uh, I think the, the top one's going to be, which anyway, you'll, you'll see it when it, but, um, none of them are going to be, I'm asking a whole lot, but if you can, um, know that it's all going to be going to a good cause. Um, I, so yeah. I, I hope I have some ideas for causes that I want to like support when okay. that we want to support when things kind of simmer down. I think this is a good move to really support coronavirus relief and, you know, getting where we can and whatever donations, whatever donations that we can um, to get, to get this thing done, to get this thing done. I kind of want to podcast with you in person. Yeah. Uh, 
I kind of want to podcast like, with you in it, person. It's my goal to fly down to Orlando for the weekend and record an episode in the Leaky Cauldron. I I want to do it in, do it in a cantina at Hollywood Studios. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, it's just if you guys can, you know, we know things are tight right now. Donate what you can. You know, let's 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 beat this thing together. Have that real Kentucky spirit of working together and rallying, rallying around each other. And oh, and you don't you don't have to be from Kentucky um, to become a patron. But just know that, and we'll be we're gonna um, we're gonna have an annual report every year, um, highlighting exactly where every single dollar went, um, and we're gonna be very transparent with it. Um, but we want to get people involved. So, That's awesome. Um, also, I'm gonna tack on to the end. I think this is actually the first episode where we've had the information. If you want to interact with us. <laughs> um we're primarily on twitter we've decided that that's going to be the the medium where um we interact with you um well if it if it comes from me it'll have a little like dash w on the bottom if it comes from cody it'll have a little dash c um but it on twitter doc at doctor and lawyer um you can find the podcast page there um um, send us a shout out if you want um send in questions um we I would love to interact with you guys um but yeah hey william we did we did four of these we did yeah we've already beat our last podcast number we're already at our last we podcast. tied it okay we're we tied it. we tied it tied it so maybe yeah. we can do more of these <laughs> i no i this this feels right um it does. And like, this is this is the the show that we were supposed to put on so um but i do have to get in the bed and get out of here because um six o'clock comes real early in the morning oh yes yes so i think we should i I think we should get out of here okay it's been great i'll talk to you later